0: Well, good morning everyone. I think this is my first time ever preaching in a coat, so uh, just we have done it all here. Uh, It's good to see all of you this morning. It's good to be worshiping together. My name is Amy, and I'm one of the pastors here, and it's All Saints Sunday. That's what we're going to be talking about today. So as I'm preaching, I'm going to be talking quite a bit about death and dying, and I have an invitation to the kids. If you're not already Occupied on the quilts over there with Josie, or if you don't already have something that you're working on, we have this example of death and dying all around us this time of year. Does anyone know what I'm thinking about? Kind of on display right behind me. Asher. What's that? The leaves? Trees. Yes, the trees. Yeah, the leaves die and fall off the trees. And so we see death happening in the natural world, but we see it happening in this really glorious and beautiful way. So I just want to invite the kids or the adults to enjoy the leaves that are falling off the trees around us. You may want to find a favorite. You may want to paint or draw a favorite or make a rubbing, or you may just want to go on a leaf walk later today and see what you can find. Well for the rest of us, uh, I have been taking this race literacy class for the past six weeks or so and we've talked about this class a lot here, many many of you have taken it, we have recommended that people take it and I'm finally taking it, it's put on by Little Lights which is this wonderful Christian ministry in DC and every week we come and we read things, we hear stories, We talk about this issue of race, and a lot of it happens in small groups. We just listen to one another. And recently, in one of my small groups, there was a woman named Martha. And Martha is this older black woman, probably in her 60s, if I had to guess. And after we had read something that was particularly heartbreaking about something regarding race, in our small group, Martha was crying. And so our facilitator said, Martha, are you okay let's just check in and see how you're doing and she said i am okay i'm actually better than okay these are tears of relief i just feel so relieved because martha said her whole life she had been experiencing this painful reality that it felt like other people didn't understand and now finally in this class and in our small group It was out in the open, we were talking about it. She said, it's this really hard truth to face and to read and to think about, but I feel so relieved. I just feel like now we can talk, now we can heal. And it was such a powerful moment for our group and I've thought about that a lot because I think Martha is right. I think she's right that telling the truth, even when it's a really hard truth, actually brings this relief, this sense of finally we can look at this thing together, finally we can talk about this. And All Saints is a day that tells us the truth, and some of the truth that it tells us is hard. So the first truth that All Saints tells us is the truth about ourselves, that we will die, each one of us. Every candle in this bowl every picture on the leaflet, every leaf on these trees, all of these are reminders that this life and our bodies and the people and things we love are passing away. We are people who are dying. We are people who live close to death. And this is a terrible truth. This is a hard and painful truth. And Liz said, this is not the way it's supposed to be. Even the most peaceful and timely death at the end of a long and happy life, even those deaths are a terrible reality. They feel like this terrible ripping of creation. They hurt. And all the photos in our booklet bear witness to that hurt. They bear witness to the grief that comes from the reality of death. And the pandemic that we seem to not quite be fully out of also bears witness to this reality and bears witness to this grief. 750,000 people have died in this country and I think 5 million worldwide. And these are terrible deaths. These are terrible griefs. And there are some entire landscapes that bear witness to grief. Tomorrow, Megan and I will be leaving for West Asia and we'll be walking and praying in this land where, for centuries, Christians worshipped in places with familiar names, if you know the New Testament, places like Galatia and Ephesus, Smyrna and Laodicea, but where, for hundreds of years now, the church has been scattered and divided and nearly destroyed. The hard truth is that churches die world powers die, people die, we die. And All Saints is this day that tells us that truth, that won't let us escape it. But All Saints also tells us another truth, a truer truth. It tells us the truth that death has been destroyed. Death has been transformed. If you look back at that colic that's on the front of your booklet, it is full of these strange words, words that we almost never pray. Knit, elect, communion, mystical body, blessed saints, ineffable joys, lives and reigns one God in glory everlasting. Amen. It is this collect about dead people, but it is bursting with life. And all of our scriptures for today are like that too. They're all talking about a day when a new kind of life will be revealed. When on the other side of death, all the illusions of this world are stripped away, and we are just face to face with this unvarnished reality of life with God. Both Revelation and Luke's Gospel Describe this day when people who didn't look like much of anything on this earth, people who were persecuted and marginalized and hungry and poor, those people are revealed as the guests of honor in God's kingdom. Those are the people in the white robes. Those are the people who are feasting and laughing. Those are the ones that, as Luke says, are leaping for joy. And those scriptures show us this kingdom that is not ruled by a strong man, it's not ruled by some brilliant political strategist, but it is ruled by a lamb sitting on a throne, a lamb who's described as shepherding and sheltering his people. And then in that beautiful passage from Ephesians that Tammy read, Paul prays that we would grasp the truth, that we would get the truth, that we would really hold on to it. He prays for all the saints, that's all of us who love Jesus, for all the saints to have, and listen, the eyes of our hearts enlightened, so that we may know the hope that God has called us to, and the riches of his glorious inheritance among the saints, and the immeasurable greatness of his power for those of us who believe. This is the truth that Paul wants us to get. And then in the next breath, Paul explains how this could possibly be true. He says, God put this power to work in Christ when he raised him from the dead. All of this, this reality of resurrected life, this inheritance, this is ours because Jesus rose from the dead. But before we rush too fast to the rising, I want us to notice Jesus died. Jesus took that terrible reality of death. He took that grief, that tearing of creation into his own body. Jesus knows what it is to live in a dying body, to live in a dying world. And he knows what it is to grieve dying people that he loved. The scholar Peter Lightheart put it this way. He said, to those who scoff at our crucified God, we can boast, our God can die, can yours? Our God can die, and then our God can, and does rise from the dead to new life, and not the same life that we know here, but this deeper, truer, realer life that all the scriptures today described. This life that is participating in God's own life. Life in God's kingdom, this life of ineffable joys. Well, one of my favorite saints is Dietrich Bonhoeffer, and I feel like we are sort of besties at this point because I spent a lot of time with this dead German man this summer when I was finishing my master's thesis, And I just, I love Dietrich. But Dietrich Bonhoeffer, as you may know, was executed by the Nazis. And before he did, the last recorded words of his were this. He said, this is the end. For me, the beginning of life. Jesus has transformed the end. He has transformed death for me and for us into the beginning of life. And we get joined up into that resurrected life in Jesus. Today's Colic talks about being knit together in the mystical body of Christ. And that passage in Ephesians talked about the church, which is Christ's body, with the fullness of Him who is all in all. And in Christ, we get knit together in one body with the living and the dead, with all who love Jesus now and then and forever, with people like Dietrich and people like Martha, and with all of us. And although Dietrich right now is experiencing the full riches of his glorious inheritance He is fully in the presence of God. All the tears have long since been wiped from his eyes. We saints who are still living can also catch a glimpse of this new kind of life. And we can spread it. This is what Paul is praying for us, that we might begin to know this new kind of life in our present life. That the eyes of our hearts would be enlightened so we could see and live in the reality of the transformed life that God is calling us to. Well, Rowan Williams, who is a former Archbishop of Canterbury in the Anglican Church, he has this beautiful way of describing what it means to be saints here and now. And it has everything to do with what Paul is talking about with seeing reality now, with having our eyes open to the truth. And Rome Williams says that being saints, being God's holy and chosen and delivered people, it's not about keeping ourselves away from this corrupted and dying world. We know that because the most holy one, God himself, descended into this world. He went right into the mess of this world. And we know that he chose to go all the way to the bleakest part of this world, all the way to death itself. And so being a saint has something to do with being, bringing Christ's life into the suffering and the sorrow of a dying world, not pulling ourselves out of it. And Rowan Williams also talks about how being a saint is not about checking off all of our morality boxes so that the people around us feel like they aren't measuring up and could never be as saintly as we are. He says there's actually something about saints that rather than making us feel bad, makes other people feel better about themselves. Not in a fake or pretending way that pretends any of us are without sin or that sin isn't a big deal, but in this profoundly true way that has tasted and seen something of the joy that God takes in each one of us, something of the love that God has for each one of us. And Williams says there is something in saints that is stirring with this recognition that God delights in who they are and that that stirs that same recognition in others. That in their presence, we begin to think, God is good. Maybe I could be the chosen and beloved person that he made me to be. Maybe I could live in this world as a saint, too. It's this profoundly hopeful and joyful way of being in the world. We're all called to this kind of joyful sainthood. It is not a path for extra special very holy, righteous, good people. This is the glorious inheritance of all God's people. It has already been won for us by Jesus' death and resurrection. It's open to all of us who are banking our lives on that death and resurrection. We all get in on this communion of saints, this mystical body, those ineffable joys. So All Saints tells us the truth. It tells us the truth that we are dying. And it tells us the truth that Jesus has transformed death. And that in doing so, he can transform our life too. So this week, let's pray with Paul that the eyes of our hearts would be enlightened, that we would see the truth, that we would know the reality of what God has rescued us to of this joyful life that He is inviting us into. And spend a moment in silence.